It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Drivers in downtown Sitka can expect a few changes to traffic patterns in the weeks to come. Several two-way streets will soon become one-way streets. City staff say the changes are to align with local and national safety standards. American Street will be converted to a one-way street heading northbound from Lincoln Street. The next street over, Barracks, will be one way going southbound, toward Lincoln Street. Ray Street, which connects the two, will now be one way going east toward American Street. Additionally, the alley east of Alaska Pacific Bank on Lincoln Street will be converted to a one-way street going north, though drivers on Seward Street will still be able to turn south into the alley to access nearby parking. Maintenance and Operations Director Mike Stenberg says his team will install new signage over the coming weeks. They'll leave the signs covered and unveil them on the day the traffic changes go into effect, which he expects to be by the middle of August. You can find images of the upcoming changes on our website at kcaw.org. Cedar bark roses are a traditional First Nations craft in the Pacific Northwest, including for the Klinka people. Soaked strips of cedar bark are folded into golden roses which dry stiff and light. As part of a community reporting project on wellness, Alaska Public Media's Rachel Cassandra talked to Frank Hughes in Cake, a village in southeast Alaska. He and his wife have made thousands of roses over the years, and he's discovered that for him, they have a unique healing effect. My name is Frank Hughes. I'm retired. I'm Clinkett and Aleut, Eagle Clan, Kilauea, Dakawiti. Uh, I've been here in Cake since May of 1986. I served in the Army in 1975 to 1983. I'm a disabled veteran, service-connected hearing loss, ringing in my ears. That's constant. It don't go away. And it bothers me sometimes because I'm hearing it all the time. And it, it affects who I am because I, I struggle with hearing. People are talking to me and I can't hear it, what they were trying to say, if, especially if they're behind me. We harvest the bark off the tree. There's red cedar and yellow cedar. We use what's, what's available. Usually the wife gets the good stuff and I get the leftover stuff. And I, I think that's just my nature. But I, I make stuff out of it. Probably... 2010, again, the wife and I were making roses. We're, we're going to sell them to the tourists just to keep us busy. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting in my chair. I can oversee the water. And then as I started making the rose, I started saying, there it goes. I said something to that effect. It, it's gone or she said, what? I said, the ringing in my ears. It stopped. And then I started picking it back up again. And I said to myself, I'm saying this. This is nice. This is really nice. So I set it down, pick up another one like that. And all of a sudden, you know, I got a pile like 20. I said, I never felt this good in a long time. It, it makes me feel good. When I'm making the rose, it's the only relief I get. And I, I tell my wife, I said, when I'm making these roses, you know, don't bother me. I don't ask me anything like that. Only if it's an emergency, you know, the house is on fire, there's earthquake coming, a tidal wave. It's like, I just, you could bother me then. But other than that, 
you know, only two minutes and, you know, anything else can wait. So it, it's one of the things that, again, the only relief I get that nobody else can see it, nobody else hears it, but we can talk about it. But I'm the only one that, for two minutes, it, it just don't bother me. <laughs> That was Frank Hughes from the Organized Village of Cake, Alaska. He's told his doctors about his experience, and they say if it works, keep doing it. But they can't explain it. This interview is part of a grant-funded collaborative community reporting project focused on health and wellness in rural Alaska. Find out more about the project and its ethical practices on the web version of this story at alaskapublic.org. Two swimmers successfully crossed the Frederick Sound near Petersburg in mid-July. They spent hours in the glacier-fed sound, which runs 600 feet deep in parts. As KFSK's Shelby Herbert reports from one of the rescue boats, it's the first time in living memory that anyone ever made it across the seven-mile stretch. There are icebergs on the horizon and the surface temperature hovers in the low 50s. The waters of the Frederick Sound are cold, like knives in your skin cold. That's how it feels when I go to grab a diver down flag that fell overboard. Here goes nothing. (laughs) Didn't make it very far. (laughs) When you're completely immersed, it feels like the breath is being sucked out of your lungs. That's why Andrew Simmons is wearing a wetsuit so thick, it takes him half an hour to put it on. The suit protects him from the worst of the chill, but he'll spend the rest of the day in that freezing water. Simmons, age 61, is the first person in living memory to try to swim across the sound. Last summer, he got close, but didn't quite make it. He wants to make it all the way this time, in what he says will be his last try. But things have changed. Now, he's going for silver. Simmons was beaten to the punch. Another swimmer made it across just three days earlier. His name, Scott May. It was actually the shortest tide swing of the, of the month, and the weather was looking beautiful. May, age 59, is a retired teacher from Juneau. He saw the right opportunity this week and pounced. So I talked to my wife, Bridget, and my good friend, Tommy Thompson, and said, hey, let's, let's go out on the boat Wednesday morning. We went over there and jumped in the water, and the rest is history, I guess. Scott May may have been the first to cross, but he took the shortest route. Simmons is gunning for the longest way across, seven miles. But there's camaraderie between the two swimmers, even from a distance. They didn't meet in person until after Simmons's second attempt. But today, May is watching his swim from his house through a pair of binoculars. May also passed along some advice. For him, the hardest part was enduring the extreme temperature. He says the cold was almost unbearable at the halfway point. I was getting discouraged because it was getting colder and Frederick Point wasn't getting any closer. It didn't seem to be getting any closer. But I really didn't want to stop. I'd come that far and I didn't want to quit. I'm not somebody who gives up easily or, or, or quits. When I saw the rocks and the seaweed and everything, I just, I pushed through that last stop and didn't even stop and, and just literally crawled out and sat down. And that was the greatest part of the whole thing. Last year, Simmons had to fight a strong current before he reached the end, 
It burned him out, and he had to get back on the boat. Gearing up for this trip, he admitted he's worried his old bones won't make it, but he's laughing through the nerves, like all those surrounding his deep fear of bumping into the marine life lurking below. I thought I would have a heart attack if, as I looked down into the water, if there were eyeballs looking up at me, it would have really freaked me out. But that was part of it, facing one's fears. Simmons is three-quarters of the way across the sound when the discomfort really sets in. He's feeling the cold. His exposed face is pale and bloodless. Simmons is on Petersburg's search and rescue team, and he hurt his left shoulder a few weeks ago, hauling equipment for firefighters who were putting out a blaze that consumed the local Catholic church. Joseph Kitzland is piloting the rescue boat. He periodically stops to check in with the man in the water, sometimes offering him food, chocolate chip cookies and milk, per his request. Water cookie? Yeah, I think one more. Good. How's the current going? Good. He's flagging a bit, and he's fighting the current, just like last year. From the captain's seat, Kitzlin points out how it's strong enough to move his boat. We're drifting a little bit this way with the current. I hear ya. I, this is a cliche question, but I gotta ask, you think he's gonna make it? Yeah. He's not so sure. It's a long ways. Yeah. But his arms and legs never stop churning. Seven hours after he left the shore of Sandy Beach, Andrew Simmons touches the face of the cliff on the other side. He lands just a few yards away from a waterfall, tumbling into the ocean. Don't stop! Stay for the moment. You know it? I've worked hard, and I don't know if you notice. I'm slogging my left arm a little bit. A little bit. Last year, Simmons said he was crossing the sound for no good reason. But now... He says he has several. This effort is about imagination. And it's about seeing how far I can push these old bones. It's about the wonderful support I did receive from people. It's been really wonderful. What's next for the two swimmers? They don't know. But they're thinking about starting a club. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a quick look at the weather for Sitka for today, Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. Patchy fog before 10 a.m., otherwise partly sunny, with a high near 65. Calm winds becoming west around 5 miles per hour in the afternoon. Tonight, mostly cloudy with a low around 57. Northwest wind around 5 miles per hour. You're tuned in to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Good morning. Good morning.